Good to see everybody this evening. My name is Alex. I'm one of the leaders around here. And uh, we have kind of a different thing that we're doing this, this evening. We've been in a vision series, and we've been just looking at what is the foundation of Saints Hill. Um, we're coming up on a year this next week. It's a year next Sunday. So really cool stuff. And I, I, w- I was joking with some of my friends earlier that if you had shown me like a video from the past few Sundays, if you'd shown me those videos a year ago and said, yeah, the church is going to be like this, I, would have, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have just blown away any of my expectations. I'm uh, working on this. Uh, we're going to try and write an annual letter every year to you guys, to the church. And I've been working on that today, and I've just been thinking about um, all of you. You guys are passionate. You guys are worshipers. You guys want to see the kingdom move, and you are understanding of the cost of surrender. So I'm just, I feel like we are just an incredible company here of saints. Um, you, you realize that in the New Testament, you never hear a letter opened up to the sinners in Philippi or to the sinners in Rome. It's, it's to the saints, and there's this reality that God calls us who we are before we even behave that way. And uh, it's our identity is pulling us into uh, his kingdom. So I'm just so grateful for all of you. Now, one of the things that we wanted to do in this series was we wanted to hear from not just me. (laughs) I say we. I'm assuming that that's the case. Uh, And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to get our elders, um, our wives, uh, our um, uh, Jacob and uh, Bria, our worship guy. Who am I missing? I don't know. If you're on the panel, come on up. We're going to do a little bit of a panel discussion. And something that I've been thinking about uh, today as I've been thinking about this panel is that um, how many of you guys have ever experienced church as a performance? Just like a show of hands. You've been to a church and you're like, that was an incredible performance, amazing lights, the whole thing. Um, One of the things that we're passionate about is that as a family, this isn't performance, it's family. And so my job is not to perform for you, have interesting ideas, do a TED Talk or anything like that. My job is to be a son on display. Our job is to be sons and daughters on display. So we got some questions from you guys that we're going to answer. We have some questions that we think are going to be important to uh, touch on. And uh, our hope is that this is helpful for you. You get a glimpse into kind of the raw, uncut nature of our team and uh, and that you you can kind of see like what What's the culture? What's the heart behind Saints Hill? So, uh, should I inter- introduce all you guys? I probably should, huh? That's probably, I, yeah, I should. Okay, all right. So let me stand over here so I'm not in front of them. All right. So um, this is Bria. She's our director of operations. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> Oops, my wife. Um, this is uh, Bria, our director of operations. Can we just give it up for her? Because everything good <laughs> that happens. She's likely behind it. So that's Bria. And then uh, we have Becky V. Hill. Give it up for Becky. And we have Jacob V. Hill. We have Lorna Montano. And Donnie Montano. Jim Trout. We have Kathy right here. <laughs> and then this is my lovely, incredible, unbelievably smart wife, Emily. <laughs> awesome. So, so, so Emily's going to answer all the questions. Yeah, we're just sitting here. <laughs> okay, I'll take it from here. Um, super fun to be back. We did this, if any of you guys, who was here for the last panel that we did? Anybody? Cool, fun. So we're super excited to be here again and get to do panel off of our vision series. I'm going to kick it off with a couple softball questions for you guys. First one, is it anyone on the panel's birthday today? Oh. <laughs> Whose? Raise your hand. 
The rumors are true. <laughs> if you're next to Jacob, give him a birthday hug. I was it was requested that we don't sing, but if you guys see Jacob in the hall later, sing to him. He'd like it. It was more just because I'm here hearing you guys, and there's a lot of you that look sharp and flat oh. and stuff, and so I didn't want to. I'm just kidding. okay. Move, throw it. Let's move on. <laughs> Shots fired. Okay, this one's for all of you guys. Another easy in one. If you had to start a restaurant in Newburgh, what would it be called and what would you serve there? Couples, you can work in teams if that's easier too. Up to you. Uh, I mean, you could take creative freedom. I'm speaking for both. This is actually really real. So if you guys want to financially soar in, so into what Becky want to do, yeah, it's, this is actually not a funny question. This is very serious. Uh, Becky and I, if we could, and we might, you never know, uh, we would love to start like a smoothie juice shop. I think that'd be, because Newburgh, can I get an amen? Like Newburgh, even amen. Sherwood doesn't have like a acai smoothie, like kind of net, right? Like, Portland has it, Newburgh does, and it's, like, with the wine, like, I want it to be nice, though. Because there's either, Wait, which... Just tell them the name. <laughs> just say the name. We want to start a juice shop. <laughs> well, we want to name it Le Flamont, which means uh, flamingo in uh, French. French. <laughs> that sounded like a joke, because there's a whole backstory. It's actually cool, but that's why I was kind of... Uh, no, no. We want to start a juice shop. <laughs> We, I, just now, um, Kathy, Kathy's Pies, if you've never had one of Kathy's Pies, they are like world class. Um, and so we just find us a building and we're in. And we're naming it Kathy's Pies. I would open a Mexican restaurant and I don't, and I would call it something in Spanish, but um, I'm still working on the name. It has to do something with salsa because I really like salsa. And uh, salsa dancing too. So I'm not good at it, but I try. But yeah, something like that. That's actually not true. You are good at salsa dancing. I've seen you before. It's well, incredible. that's because I'm dancing with other Americans next to me. So oh. that's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> It's not a restaurant, but I think that we oh. should start. Did I totally just steal your thunder? Sorry. Uh, I think there needs to be like a nice grocery store, like a really nice. I'd even settle for new seasons. How about zoo pans? <laughs> well, I mean, like you know, zoo pans, and then there's like new seasons. Okay, I thought Lorna had an idea, but we'll we'll say. Do you want? Honestly, it? I feel like Andoni and I have this conversation all the time about what restaurant we would open, and he's really passionate about Mexican food. But to be honest, it would have to be hired out because he does not cook. <laughs> so I, I support the idea, but we'd, we'd have to hire a chef. Yeah. We could do the it's, salsa. It's the vision. Yeah. So that part. Guys, good job. I feel like you're ready. We're ready. Let's go. Question number one. And also, thanks to everyone who submitted questions. We got some really good stuff. They are in here, so you'll, you'll hear them. Um, when we say on earth as it is in heaven, what are some specific things that come to mind? And this one's specifically for our two elders, Andoni and Jim, so you can start us off on that one. You yeah, I pass. Next question, please. Pass? <laughs> <laughs> no, say it one more time. Yeah. 
When we say on earth as it is in heaven, what are some specific things that come to mind? Well, the, the real honest truth is when I hear that, my mind always goes back to when I was a young child and we prayed that prayer over and over and over and over and over again, and I had never had a clue what it meant. <laughs> um, and I think just in the past, uh, uh, I'm just guessing, but maybe 15 to 20 years, it started to take root a little bit. And I think the interesting thing is, is that you find that right in the middle of the Beatitudes in chapter 6, where he's going 5, 6, and 7, and then he's going to teach us about prayer. And so that presupposes that I have some kind of a passion and surrendered heart uh, that would want to even pray that prayer, but it says, thy kingdom come, uh, and that kingdom means to reign also, and so that he would reign in me, um, and and that thy will be done, and he's already established that in the first couple chapters, and then he continues to do that in seven, that, we, that God is holy, because it says, hallowed be thy name, or holy is his name, and he, that would be his will for us, that we would be holy. Um, and then we can understand the scriptures and learn them and grow in them, uh, but unless we have the power of the Spirit with, a, with that, um, we can just be knowledgeable without the Spirit. And unlike the early church, we have access to both the Spirit and the Scriptures, and so we have a true advantage in that. We need to use them both. And we've either been one or the other, and we need to be both. Mm -hmm. yeah. So good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, for me, is the vision that we've been having, obviously, is to see uh, the power of God show up in, in, in our realm, is to pull whatever is in heaven to pull it here on earth because that's what he paid for. It's already paid for, so we just need to cash the check. Um, so healings, obviously, uh, cast out demons, go after the, the sick, and that's what he commanded his disciples to do, and that's what I uh, have a heart for. And also, like, even when, when you call heaven to earth, it can look like a family having a meal and just enjoying the companionship of each other. And that's also revival right there. Mm. Like a dad sitting in the, in, in, in the table with, with the mom, the children, and they're all talking together and spending time together. Mm -hmm. No one got drunk. No, there was no drama. It was just about communion. So that's also revival. And I also feel like that's our heart. That's so good. Do you guys have anything else to add? Anybody else? I think it's so cool to get to think about that question. Like you guys said, just dream up those ways that we can think about what does it look like for God's kingdom to come. And that's so fun for us as a church to all take part in and just be like, oh, how can we like imagine with the Father what it looks like? So fun. The next question is in regards to the Saints Hill mission statement. It says, the mission statement is equipping the saints to know who they are in Christ, walk in freedom through the truth, and make disciples who change the world. Can someone on the panel tell us why? Well, I wrote it, so I should probably tell you, you why. This. <laughs> uh, one of the things that um, is important to us is, uh, is when you look through the Gospels and you look, um, you know, through the epistles into the New Testament, you see that identity precedes behavior in so many different ways. And oftentimes what we do is, um, you guys will probably you'll resonate with this, you're in a church setting and you hear this phrase, the church is just not being the church. You ever heard that before? Or you go, you know, Christians are supposed to be loving, but they just don't love. And oftentimes what we want to do with that is we want to go, 
okay, well then what I need to do as a pastor is my job is to talk about what does it mean to be the church. People just don't know how to be the church, and that's why they're not being the church. But, but we have access to more information. Like Jim was just saying, we have the, the New Testament, which wasn't you know, compiled at least into one space in the early church. And we have the Holy Spirit. It says in the scriptures that the prophets of old longed to see the day that we see where we get to know God personally. Um, so we live in this incredibly privileged time. And so the question is, why isn't the church being the church? And one of the things that is deep for all of us and is one of the driving passions of even starting Saints Hill is that I don't think the church um, knows how to be the church because the church doesn't know why first. Who is the church and so we've spent a lot of time talking about what does it mean to be in Christ. That's language from the New Testament that Paul uses. How I, our identity precedes what we do. It, it says Jesus was so clear. He says, um, you, you, know, you love because you've first been loved. So if you look at your life and you're like, I'm not loving, it's not a time to go, I need to try harder to be loving. It's a time for you to go, I wonder if I really understand his love. There's an identity that I've been given that influences what I do. And if I'm not behaving like a Christian, maybe I don't believe that I really am one. And so that's, that's you know, when we talk about our mission statement, to know who we are in Christ. That's really what we're talking about there, walking freedom through the truth. Um, there's, the Bible's confusing. Anybody, can I get an amen on that one? It's hard to understand. You read through it and you're like, uh, the book of Joshua, can I just like cut that one out? That's really tough for me to stomach. And, and yet the, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The, the, sexual new ethic, uh, the sexual ethic of the New Testament is difficult to read, um, especially in light of many of our gay brothers and sisters, people who are transgendered. And it's like, I have a hard time even taking the Bible seriously. Like, I, like what do I even do with this? And uh, I've seen a lot of my friends and my generation in general just go, well, I'm not sure that we can really do anything with the Bible then. I think we just need to kind of like, it's good for inspiration. There's some verses I like out of it, but maybe the Holy Spirit just moved beyond it. <laughs> or maybe we need to just, like, there's a trajectory beyond, beyond it. And uh, one of the, our second values is that the scriptures are authoritative and they tell us the truth that leads to freedom. Um, I'm not saying there aren't, you know, the, the Bible isn't difficult to read. I'm not saying there aren't even, you know, grammatical issues with it and, and you know, different transcripts and, uh, you know, the historical accuracy of the New Testament. You have to do your research and you have to really find out about a lot of those things. But what we are saying is that there is enough in there for us to, to lean the weight of our lives upon and find freedom. That when Jesus said the truth will set you free, that he, his, his word is truth and that it's my choice to believe his word that actually gets me free. One of the things that I say to anybody wrestling with, like, um, you know, do I really want to, you know, follow Jesus? Do I really want to take that faith leap and believe this? I just say, look at the fruit. Do you want the fruit of Jesus' life, or do you want the fruit of you just, you know, wandering? Jesus says that it's, it's uh, those who walk in the light will know where they're going. Those who walk in darkness, they won't know where they're going. In other words, walk in the light of his truth, and you will know what your destiny is. Without his truth in your life, you will constantly be confused, and I think our culture attests to that. So um, walk in freedom through the truth and make disciples who change the world. We want to see the world change through this church. We believe it can happen. We would not have planted it if we didn't believe that. And I, I got, uh, there was a letter that somebody wrote when I first announced at Bridgetown that we were planting this church, and she said, um, I believe that God is going to use Newburgh as an epicenter to touch the rest of the world um, with his kingdom. She said, I think it's kind of weird that Newburgh would be the center, but God does weird things. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. I don't know why we were called here, but I believe that God called us here. And so that's our mission. Yeah. So good. Thanks, Alex. Our next question 
Do you have something, Jacob? I just also, maybe it's more of a practical thing. Uh, something we say a lot, too, is that we be, we don't just believe the uh, Bible is uh, true, but we also believe that it's livable. So I think maybe just more on a practical, just Jacob kind of like opinion is I, I'm still very young, but maybe you guys can agree. I've kind of like done too much church. And I've started to look back at my life in church, and I started actually realizing, oh, wait, the gospel actually said, Jesus said, come and die. <laughs> And then you'll find your life. And so it's one of those things where I think I, I see maybe churches, or I was part of a church where it was just, um, it felt kind of consumeristic. It ended with just me. And what can I get out of God and what can I do? And, and I just really believe that the gospel and the truth should actually be a fork in the road, where it actually you have to make a decision and you actually say, oh, I want to now. Anything that stays in here might die. It actually needs to go out. And so that's just kind of my word on that, because I, I, I feel like... Um, there's a demand on our life to see the kingdom come. And so that's, yeah. that's why we are creating disciples to change the world, not just have it stay here and just sing songs just to sing it. And we could probably be so many other better places, but we're a people that have decided to yeah. be here and be changed to see the world changed. So, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Anything else on that one? Mission? Don't want to follow that up. I get it. That, that was good. <laughs> What is your vision for bringing 40, 50, 60-somethings into our church and creating a culture of intergenerational mentorship? Or is that on the vision radar? I'll give that one one more time. What is your vision for bringing 40, 50, 60-somethings into our church and creating a culture of intergenerational mentorship? Or is that on the vision radar? Do you want to go for this one, Jim, or...? Okay, yes, it is. <laughs> I just like the idea of, like, we got to go get them. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's on, the, it's on the vision radar. We want those of you who are over the, over the college age, we'll just leave it at that. We love you. We're so happy that you're here. There's a lot of students here who need your voice in their lives. Um, yes. One of the things that the New Testament says is that, uh, that it's, we're called to maintain the unity of the Spirit, not create the unity of the Spirit. So practically what that means is that you don't get unity by focusing on specific subgroups and individuals. You get unity by focusing on the Spirit, and then it's your job to maintain it. So um, it, it's what we would say about, you know, really any other particular group of people. Are you going to focus on that group of people? Are you going to do this or that? Um, it's our job to make one thing the priority, and it's hosting his presence. And from that place, just watch what happens. And I think there's many people, uh, I have friends here who are much, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Uh, many people who are older than me who have started calling Saints Hill home. And um, they've just said, it's, it, they're not here for a performance. They're here for him. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not trying to, like, perform. I'm not, I don't need to, like, go to my desk and figure out, like, how is this sermon reaching 40, 60-year-olds? I'm thinking, what does the Holy Spirit want to say? Because it's relevant for every single age group. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's really good. <laughs> um, well, one thing I think is important is that when we look at the demographics, there are a lot more younger people than there are people olds like us, you know. And, and I, but, but there is a tremendous amount of wisdom up here and out there. And so what I would say is that that should just happen out of the, the 
you know, the fullness of your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're young and want to speak with someone that's older and wiser, it's really, I, I would say, it's incumbent upon you to go ask them, can you talk with me? Mm-hmm. And then if you are in that range, like maybe Kathy and I are, um, that you get really good at asking good questions and doing a lot of listening. Mm. Uh, I think that's real important. I tend to talk too much. As far as recruiting, uh, I would just say that the McDonald's and (laughs) Charlie and Catherine, you're recruited as of tonight. We'll work out the (laughs) negotiations later. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I think what you said is real true there. Um, So I hope that helps. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think it's it's crucial uh, it, to answer the question of where we have it. I think it's crucial. Like when you talk about the generations, when you see in the Old Testament, it says uh, it's the God of Isaac. Well, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's three generations, and I consider this a whole generation. And so it's all together going after the presence, as, as uh, Alex was saying. And for me, in in our life. Uh, we're constantly going to Jim and Kathy uh, as mentors. It's it's looking for someone that's going ahead of us, has gone ahead of us, and we need to know because we have no idea what we're doing. We're going to have a kid. I have no idea what I'm doing. So it's the, I need a lot of guidance. And uh, so it... it sorry? Oh, uh, yeah. By the way, that's happening. So <laughs> you hadn't noticed. <laughs> you hadn't noticed about that. So... I. In all humility, is looking constantly to the families that are already been ahead of us, and it's passionately right now hitting my heart because obviously because of what I'm going through, <laughs> and because we need in this country parents, we need fathers in our generation. Yes. We 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 can't have our country like it is with people growing without a father, people going growing without leadership. We need to submit to one another so that we can keep on growing. Um, Yeah, I just think that there's so much value in not only value, but blessing that, um, like, my parents' generation can bring to the table and even beyond my parents' generation. Um, And that's a huge lack if we didn't have that. Um, So I just wanted to thank those of you who are in the crowd who are, like, maybe my parents' age and who Mm -hmm. are consistent in pouring into just doing what the Spirit's doing here, because we really love you and we want more. <laughs> Bring your friends. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just, it's so valuable, and there's so much life and um, so many beautiful things that happen with the um, partnership and the leadership that you bring to our church. And so, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Becky. Thanks, everybody. That was good. The next question is What does the church? Saints Hill, think about house churches. They're nice. <laughs> My guess is that that question's more of like a why question. I don't, I don't know. If you're out there and you ask that question, you can follow up with this too. But kind of maybe a good follow-up to that is the next question, which is what is the why behind the one, the few, the company, and the many that we talked about um, during the vision series? Because it does sound like a structure, but also like it's pretty open. So if you guys could speak to that, I think it would also help answer that previous question. 
I think very practically, I think what's really exciting is we're still a young church, and so we're figuring it out. So I think there's almost, uh, it's a both and. So one, I'm excited, just like she mentioned, the one, the few, the company, the many. I think we're moving into, I think our heart is to build a family. So it's not just, Saints Hill isn't just like a worship night or just an event, but actually we're building a family. So we're excited to kind of start to put some structure to that. Maybe house churches could look like that or something in that structure to kind of build that family. Um, but then on the flip side, I think maybe if somebody asked us, because we don't have house churches right now, and we're moving towards that, um, I think also the heart behind, there's multiple things, but what came to mind was we kind of started, um, maybe what you've kind of heard, a common theme is that this Christian walk is, it's, it has a lot to do with like personal responsibility. It has to do with um, your identity, what God has said, and working from that. And so honestly, it was kind of our heart not to be <laughs> angsty, but when we planted the church, we were like, we, um, we don't want to give you guys a bunch of things just to do, where you guys are like, hey, what do, what do I do for this? And what are, and, you know, people may ask, what, what, where's the home churches? Or what? And it's like, well, have you asked your neighbor over for dinner? Have you uh, invited somebody from your dorm to go on a walk and talk and get like go to the food trucks and get a meal or something? And so we wanted to first build a culture of identity and actually empowerment to actually say, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian that almost doesn't need the church to walk out my destiny. I can do it first. I can build community. I am a walking house church, if you will. But now um, we are also figuring out that we also know that practically those structures do help cultivate family. So we're right in the middle of that. We're going to figure out what that looks like. But I also would encourage you guys, it's a charge to you guys too, um, to build that home church. And, and really, we also are big about empowering. So honestly, this is good to say, if, like, if the Holy Spirit's putting something in your heart, uh, we can't do everything. And so if you something's burning in your heart, meet with one of us and say, hey, I have a vision for this. And I would say we, it'd be pretty rare that we would shut you down. But we talk through that and say, hey, I want to start this. And so just come talk to us. But we also are in the middle of kind of building some of those structures. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think we have a slide for it. Can we put the slide up of the one, the few, the company, the many? Um, in theory, it's on there. It's called panel questions. <laughs> there we go. So um, you guys have seen this the past couple of weeks. Basically, this is just a four, four areas that we see family discipleship happening in. So there's, like Jake was talking about, the personal responsibility, the one, taking responsibility for your relationship with God. Um, I love, in the Chronicles of Narnia, it says, Aslan only tells you your story. And uh, God gets personal with each person. The few, um, do life with people you can have intimate conversations and accountability with. Uh, another way that we've talked about this is fill your schedule with people who can pour into you and who you can pour into. We're not going to put a number on that. We could get more structured about what that means, but whatever we convince you to do, we have to keep convincing you in order to keep you doing it. Whatever you start, whatever you come up with, whatever the Holy Spirit births in you, God gives you energy to keep doing it. And so it's one of the reasons why we've left that open-ended. We would love to see house churches. There's a couple um, families, I don't know if they're here this evening, but there's a couple families who have started groups in their homes uh, once a week, and they're like, is that okay? I'm like, uh, yes, stop waiting for the, you know, the, the leadership to tell you to do what Jesus already told you to do. Just do it. 
And uh, so we, we love seeing that kind of stuff. The company, uh, have fun, eat meals, and find your people. That happens in serve teams. That happens on home Sundays. Uh, we've done those before. Uh, different events that we're going to do around the church. Come to those events. Meet people. Shrink this gathering size down so that you can get to know people and then the many. An all-church reunion, bringing the entire family together. That happens here at the gathering. It's, it's, it's our Sundays where we come together. And we just see each of these spaces are important. We want you to have each of these spaces uh, in your lives. It's me. Um, well, I just wanted to share, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's kind of built off the structure of Jesus's life, just reading the Gospels and seeing what Jesus does. The one, he's alone with, with God, the Father, intimately, one-on-one. -on -one. He has his few closest friends, and we see him with Peter, James, and John intimately. Then he has the company, which is like the disciples, um, always doing life with them, and then he has yeah. the crowds of the many. And so I think when we look at our lives, we want them to reflect Jesus's lives, and we might not be saying, get your one, who's your one? Who's your one, Catherine? Tell us who you are. like, sign your paper. We want to know who, you know, we're not doing that. Maybe someday we'll have a nice structure of, you know, house churches around, and you go here, and you go there, but um, we're a young church, and uh, while we know God fills structures that we build, we want to encourage everyone that they can they can do, you can do That's this. <laughs> you can, this is, this is a pretty simple model uh, to help us act like Christians. <laughs> so good. Anything else on those panel? No. If you guys want to learn more about this, Foundations is going to be a really good place to be. We're going to talk more about the one, the few, the company, the many, church structure, all of that. So sign up and after. Shout, shout out to Bo Brumley for oh. giving us oh, those yes. words. Yes. Okay, thank you. Make sure, credit where credit's due. Good job. Our next question is, um, how can we actually use every single person's gifts to build the church? And the kind of sub follow-up they gave with this is, with only so many spots on the prayer team, there are many members who are not personally challenged to know and use their gifts. You guys want me to repeat that one? Good. Got it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, All right, Kathy, go ahead. John. Oh. Well, I think every <laughs> encounter you have here is an opportunity to be on the prayer team. Yeah. Um, and oh, wow. <laughs> more often than not, I have run into people that just need, I need to hear from or need to hear from me. And we have this connection, and I know it's, this, it's a move of the Spirit. Yeah. So as we, walk, as we walk with Jesus and we walk in his presence, he's going to give us opportunities to, to speak into people's lives and speak prophetically and watch things happen. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it a dozen, many times. Um, it happens just about every Sunday. If I invite the Spirit, um, He shows up. Yeah. And um, who, does, who is He putting in front of me um, to speak to, to, to do something for, to have yes. compassion for? Um, you have a lot to offer. Yeah. And he wants to, he wants to show you some specifics, too, to live into. Yes, Um that was really good. Thank you, Kathy. Um, something that I've had in my heart is to also see people taking out what we do here, the prayer team, take it out to, to, to yes. Newburgh. And we're already seeing it. There's a group of guys that before the, the gathering, they go out to the street and they pray for the sick and they pray for the people that are around them. They do evangelism. 
Uh, Noah and Austin had been doing that, and no one told them to do it. They just started. The day that Alex called to the front, I don't know if you were here, anyone that was called to do evangelism, a lot of people came to the front. Yeah. After that, they, they talked and they took it out. And um, I feel like that's how the church should be going. It's not so much like what can we do here, it's what can we do out there, and what, how can we bring the kingdom outside, even in your work. And that's like something that's been showing me, because I don't work here in the church. I, I, I do this like mostly on sometimes in the weekdays and sometimes on the weekends. But uh, the, the, my, in, at my workplace, that's where I feel like most of my ministry is and where I need the most support of the Lord because it's, it's not friendly faces that are around me, of course. Mm. So I need to pour into those. Yeah. I need to call out the gold and I need to be the light that he called me out to be. Mm. And that's also what you have and the destiny that you've been created to be. So good. Uh, one quick little thing um, that's practical, I guess, is because um, the question was also like, how do we find each person's destiny or something like that? And and I think uh, we may sound like a broken record, but I think it's like us, up, like there's uh, this amount of people and then you guys. And so the very practical note is we, we can't find everyone's destiny. Like we can't meet with every, as much as I'd love to meet with every single person, we just can't. Right, and so it's one of those things where um, it may sound like a broken record, but that's why we also love prophecy. Is ask the Lord. Like, there's so much life found in a prophetic word. I know for me, it's like I'm confused about should I go here, and then I get a word from the Lord, or or a friend prays for me, and I get this word. And so, the, in order for that to happen, for each person to find that destiny, it's going to also take us being the church to speak life over each other. And so, uh, yeah, just start a prayer list. Start thinking of see, ask who God's highlighting, and, and I think that's going to be one way where people are going to start being um, thrown into their destiny is, is by the church speaking out and giving people um, calling that thing out. So, also, great opportunity. Lexi needs some people in the kids. <laughs> if you want to pray for someone, you can pray for the kids. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter. I don't know that that was his main gifting so sometimes when we're building a church we're building something we find new gifts and we exercise things that are not normal for us yeah. and we um yeah. serve where we're needed so yeah. just a great option for any of you out there <laughs> i have one more thing to add um so kind of like on more of like a practical note i feel like if you don't feel challenged um at church or um, like in your kind of environment in school or work, one thing that you can do is um, just be really practical. If you want to grow in healing, start stepping out and praying for people to get yeah. healed, and um, that that shows that you're you're wanting to steward the gift that God's giving you. And um, with prophecy too, if if you haven't prophesied much, start prophesying over. Um, ask God like, what do you think about this person in front of me? and um, just start prophesying over everybody that you can think of, like everyone that you come into contact with, just give them a word, because God is always speaking, and he's always saying good things, um, and ask for feedback, um, because it's really important to hear, like, you're going you're gonna to miss it sometimes with prophecy, but it's really good to, um, like, have feedback from the people who you're prophesying over, because, um, yeah, and, and you'll see yourself grow, like, leaps and bounds with that. 
Yeah, we get the chance to take responsibility. And again, back to like what we've been talking about is not waiting for permission to use our gifts. So all of us get to be encouraged in that, which is super fun. That if you're gifted in something, use it. Again, we also have an amazing team of deacons over all of our serve areas. So if you see a serve area that excites you, reach out to one of them. Their info's on our website. I would find them um, and reach out if there's something that piques your interest. The next question that we have, this is a fun one. As family and community are core values at Saints Hill, would it be possible for us to have a family camp or weekend retreat this summer for our community? Would it be possible? It's on me? Am I answering this one? Okay, would it be possible? Yes, possible. All things are possible with him, right? Um, I would say again, maybe you're the person who wrote that question. Maybe that sounds really fun to you. Find me. Let's talk. Talk about how we can make it happen. I mean, I think we're going to talk about budget at some here, point here tonight, but camping trip, we could find a way to make it work. Backyard camp trip, who has a big yard? Let's pull our resources, people. We'll find a way to do this. But I love that idea. I don't have a hesitancy. More I hot dogs. I think we've said something similar, uh, but I guess I'll say it again, is uh, pretty much we said, if you, we're, I, we are in a really exciting time because our team's still so small. So honestly, very practically, week by week, we're maybe focusing on like one thing. Like, what is this? And so... Um, there's so many things that we want to do, but there isn't, like, somebody on the staff that's just, like, you're a camp guy. So, you know, so really it's, like, empowering you guys, too. Like, we want to do these things, and so if you're, like, spike ball guy or I don't know what it is. Like, like, please, like I think we're at the stage of our we're building family, and a year in, we really want to do those things. So if you want to lead a camp trip, like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. We're not going to say no, and if you want to do, like, I don't know, bowling. Or I don't know, weird, but just something. Think like I think we're at the stage of our church life that we just want to do more things, and so it's also good to hear that we'll start putting it on our radar. But please, like, feel free. Like, I want to go hang out and camp and glamp. Let's be real. I don't. I maybe I want to glamp, but uh, maybe some of you can really camp, and I'll whatever. Okay, next one. Uh, Alex is giving me the one more sign, but this one I think would be kind of fast. So maybe two more? Okay. How do we feel? Two more? Okay. Yeah, we're in. Um, this question is, where exactly does all the money go when we put it in the offering? I feel like that's a pretty, like, practical question, important. Jim? It goes to Jacob. No, I'm just kidding. So all of your guys' money, when you put in the offering, um, it goes to a variety of places. It's staff. It's making the gathering happen. When we have events, that's what you're seeing happen with it. When we have meals that we give, that's coming from that. Everything, a lot of the stuff that it took to build a church was possible because of the generosity of people as we were starting St. Hill. So look around you. Like, that's what the offering's doing in part. Um, we are becoming our own nonprofit coming up next month in October. So super exciting. And with that, what we're going to get is a lot more visibility as to exactly how that money is being used. And the hope is that we would be able to do um, a quarterly report for you guys that kind of gives a glimpse. If you guys have seen the kind of reports that Bridgetown puts out, um, you could take a look at their website. But we're hoping to do something similar to have that kind of transparency. Um, definitely in no way ever are we trying to hide what we do with that money. But it is, it's basically what you see is what 
what it does um, when it comes to Saints Hill and what we're up to. And if you guys have specific questions regarding that or any piece of that, um, you can feel free to email me too. I would just say that uh, we want you to know that our heart is to steward that money really well for the kingdom. Alex, you, or I mean, Jake, you put that so well as before we actually took our offering today, that it's to really further the kingdom. So when Andodi and Alex and I meet together, we pray hard about what that looks like, what's the best use of that. And so thank you for trusting us with that, but we want to be extremely good stewards and we seek the Lord on all of that. And part of that is just being able to, um, to have salaries that are worth keeping the people that are really, really good at what they do. Um, and, and so we just want you to know our heart. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Okay, so the last question for tonight is, what do you think God is saying specifically in this next year or see him doing? Um, what are you excited about? How can we be praying together as a church? So if any of that sticks out to any of you guys. We're just really excited to be supportive of these guys, this team, um, because we see hearts of uh, that want truth, the truth of God, and nothing else but the truth of God. Um, they're committed to this. We see this behind the scenes. We see um, the giftedness that they have, the unique giftedness that they have. Um, and we see what God is doing through them. I, the courage they have to stand for Jesus um, is amazing. And that's why we support them wholeheartedly, 100, 150%. Um, and we've watched revival happen here. Um, and I know it's, it's going to grow. And uh, that's what we see happening. We just see more of the favor of God here. Um, because these guys stand for nothing but the truth. They want the presence of God. They want everything God has to offer. Uh, and as we know, as the leadership goes, so goes the rest of the church. That's always how it goes. So we're excited. We know that that's coming. It's already here. Um, Amen. Can, what are we excited for? Mm-hmm. This is great. I love. <laughs> I feel like every week we're blown away when we come here. It's like, oh my gosh, there's gonna be more and more and more. Um, let me think. Um, I feel like there's uh, just actually just sitting up here. I feel like God is saying that there's just always more. So whether um, you're just now encountering God for the first time in your life or you've been walking with him for 20, 30 years, um, there's always more. And um, Andoni and I have been married for five years, and um, there have been a few times where I feel like I get to the point where I, I just feel like I know Andoni really well. And um, I think in my heart sometimes, uh, like kind of like a sense of like, oh, I'm kind of bored because I already like know him um but I I want to say like that's that's just a lie um and like the same thing with like your walk with God um there's always something more to discover just like there's always something for me to discover about Andoni um so not that Andoni's boring <laughs> I, I didn't mean that 
it's just, um, yeah, there's always more to discover. Um, and so I just want to like leave that with you guys. Can I say something? Uh, okay, so I guess along those same lines, um, I had a thought earlier. Uh, we, well, I went to Bible college. I had a degree in theology. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, and my best friend Bree over there, I think we had the same kind of experience, you know, just feeling like, okay, well, now I know Bible. Like, um, and just really several years ago had this experience where we, I think we had only seen or heard people talk about the spirit detached from his presence. And so it was kind of this spooky thing, like, oh, the spirit, like, I'm okay with spirit as encourager. I'm okay with spirit as, like, um, helper. And But I'm, like, kind of afraid of the spirit's power and um, kind of had this, um, I guess, a breakthrough, if you will. Brianna had this crazy picture of, like, that break the ice game and it's kind of like I'm nervous I don't want to know what's down there I like that it's safe up here I can like walk around up here I don't really want to break through the ice um but I kind of feel like well what I realized was a I was already doing those things with the spirit I was already praying for people to be healed I just maybe didn't have the right language on it I was already giving people words of knowledge and prophecy I just didn't have the language to describe what I was doing and the language scared me um, but I think that this year can be like a year of freedom. Barbie had that word um, the other night. We were having cake and <laughs> uh, just like wanting freedom in this house. And I feel like um, maybe for some people you come here and you're like, oh, like I like the ice set up in the perfect little box. And like when they start to fall out and I start to not be able to control the situation, it's spooky to me. And so I think it would be really cool slash I see in the future just freedom over this place to not be scared of the presence of Jesus. He's so sweet. Um, and like just breaking the ice and like Lorna said, asking for more and um, to know him more, not like for spooky stuff, but um, to not put limits on what God can do and to not put him into a box or try to control his um, greatness and his goodness. Um, I have been really excited to see family happen here. I think that's probably been the most exciting. Um, we talk about it all the time. It's just wild to see people liking each other and <laughs> wanting to hang out and, like, knowing each other outside of, like, us, you know? It's not like we're the connection anymore, really. It's, like, real friendships breaking out, and I think that's really cool and such a sign of... Um, God moving, you know, community and um, people breathing life into each other, and it's really exciting. So I'm really excited to see where that goes for us as a church, um, because we want to be a family that builds families, um, and that's happening. So um, I just want more of that, and I'm excited to um, see how that grows as, you know, over this next year. I can't even imagine what this next panel will be like next year. I mean, it's just really special, and um, yeah, I consider you guys all my family, even though I don't know a lot of you now, which is so cool. I think um, that's just how the family of God works, you know. Um, so, yeah. 
Uh, real quick, I think uh, one thing for this next year, this could just, it's a word that God's been speaking to me personally, but I think it's for the church, is um, not that long ago I heard um, the Lord talk about how just we, and it was kind of, I gave a message about the secret place, check out the podcast if you want, just whatever. Um, when people do that, hey, I gave a message, check it out, weird, um, when people do that. Anyways, um, I just felt like we spent a year of just laying that foundation and just teaching um, identity and our values, and we're going to continue to do that. But I heard the Lord say that this next year for our church is that he's going to really hit our church with boldness. And I actually saw the phrase that um, it could sound like a funny phrase, but what he told me is that we're going to be an inconvenienced church. And I started asking about that, him about that, and he said it's going to be a church where um, we want to see this church grow, not just for numbers, but actually like, oh, wait, I always sit in that aisle, and who's that person? And, and that kind of inconvenience, or actually where we so have an encounter with God that just like how we were talking about praying, praying for healing out in the streets, that we'd actually, that Christianity isn't supposed to just be comfortable, that it's actually going to be where we step out. And so I think it's going to be a year of boldness um, where it could feel like we're inconvenienced and like, oh, wait, I don't want to pray for that person at Fred Meyer or like whatever it is, uh, but I feel like that's about to hit our church. And I think it's also going to come through worship, that uh, you guys are a worshiping church, and so we're going to grow in deep realms of worship, but a, a worship that is going to hit us with so much boldness that this year, we're going to look back at this year and be like, oh my gosh, like all these people here are just rushing the streets just to see revival come in ordinary places. So I, I'm excited for boldness in this next year. Awesome. Well, can we just thank these guys for being up here and Bria? It's great.